Session eleven of Sam Lawson's Old Town Fireside Stories by Harriet Beecher Stowe. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Read by Michelle Fry, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Section eleven Laughing in Meeting. We were in disgrace, we boys, and the reason of it was this we had laughed out in meeting time. To be sure, the occasion was a trying one, even to more disciplined nerves. Parson Lothrop had exchanged pulpits with the Parson Summerall of North Wereham. Now, Parson Summerall was a man in the very outset likely to provoke the risibles of unspiritualized juveniles. He was a thin, wiry, frisky little man in a powdered white wig, black tights and silk stockings, with bright knee-buckles and shoe-buckles, with round, dark, snapping eyes, and a curious, high, cracked, squeaking voice, the very first tones of which made all the children stare and giggle. The news that Parson Summerall was going to preach in our village spread abroad among us as a prelude to something funny. It had a flavor like the charm of circus acting and on the sunday morning of our story we went to the house of god in a very hilarious state all ready to set off in a laugh on the slightest provocation the occasion was not long wanting parson lothrop had a favorite dog yclept trip whose behavior in meeting was notoriously far from that edifying pattern which benefits a minister's dog on sundays Trip was a nervous dog, and a dog that never could be taught to conceal his emotions or to respect conventionalities. If anything about the performance in the singer's seat did not please him, he was apt to express himself in a lugubrious howl. If the sermon was longer than suited him, he would gape with such a loud creak of his jaws as would arouse everybody's attention. If the flies disturbed his afternoon's nap, he would give sudden snarls or snaps, or if anything troubled his dreams, he would bark out in his sleep in a manner not only to dispel his own slumbers, but those of certain worthy deacons and old ladies, whose sanctuary repose was thereby sorely broken and troubled. For all these reasons, Madame Lothrop had been forced, as a general thing, to deny Tripp the usual sanctuary privileges of good family dogs in that age, and shut him up on Sundays to private meditation. Trip, of course, was only the more set on attendance, and would hide behind doors, jump out of windows, sneak through byways and alleys, and lie hid till the second bell had done tolling, when suddenly he would appear in the broad aisle, innocent and happy, and take his seat as composedly as any member of the congregation. Imagine us youngsters on the QV with excitement at seeing Parson Summerall frisk up into the pulpit with all the vivacity of a black grasshopper. We looked at each other, and giggled very cautiously, with due respect to Aunt Lois's sharp observation. At first there was only a mild, quiet simmering of giggle, compressed decorously within the bounds of propriety, and we pursed our muscles up with stringent resolution whenever we caught the apprehensive eye of our elders. But when, directly after the closing notes of the tolling second bell, Master Chip walked gravely up the front aisle, and, seating himself squarely in front of the pulpit, raised his nose with a critical air toward the scene of the forthcoming performance, it was too much for us. The repression was almost convulsive. 
trip wore an alert attentive air befitting a sound orthodox dog who smells a possible heresy and deems it his duty to watch the performances narrowly evidently he felt called upon to see who and what were to occupy that pulpit in his master's absence up rose parson summerall and up went tripp's nose vibrating with intense attention the parson began in his high cracked voice to intone the hymn sing to the lord aloud when tripp broke into a dismal howl the parson went on to give directions to the deacon in the same voice in which he had been reading so that the whole effect of the performance was somewhat as follows sing to the lord aloud please to turn out that dog and make a joyful noise the dog was turned out and the choir did their best to make a joyful noise but we boys were upset for the day delivering over to the temptations of satan and plunged in waves and billows of hysterical giggle from which neither winks nor frowns from aunt lois nor the awful fear of the tithing man nor the comforting bits of fennel and orange peel passed us by grandmother could recover us everybody felt to be sure that here was a trial that called for some indulgence hard faces even among the stoniest saints betrayed a transient quiver of the risable muscles old ladies put up their fans youths and maidens in the singer seat laughed outright and for the moment a general snicker among the children was pardoned but i was one of that luckless kind whose nerves once set in vibration could not be composed when the reign of gravity and decorum had returned harry and i sat by each other shaking with suppressed laughter everything in the subsequent exercises took a funny turn and in the long prayer when everybody else was still and decorous the whole scene came over me with such overpowering force that i exploded with laughter and had to be taken out of meeting and marched home by aunt lois as a convicted criminal what especially moved her indignation was that the more she rebuked and upbraided the more i laughed till the tears rolled down my cheeks which aunt lois construed into wilful disrespect to her authority and resented accordingly by sunday evening as we gathered around the fire the reaction from undue gaiety to sobriety had taken place and we were in a pensive and penitent state grandmother was gracious and forgiving but aunt lois still preserved that frosty air of reprobation which she held to be a salutary means of quickening our consciences for the future it was therefore with unusual delight that we saw our old friend sam come in and sit himself quietly down on the block in the chimney corner with sam we felt assured of indulgence and patronage for though always rigidly moral and instructive in his turn of mind he had that fellow-feeling for transgressors which is characteristic of the loose-jointed easy-going style of his individuality lordy massy boys yes said sam virtuously in view of some of aunt lois's thrusts you ought never to laugh nor cut up in meetin that thar's so but then there is times when the best on us gets took down we gets took unawares you see even ministers does yes nature will get the upper hand before they know it why sam ministers don't ever laugh in meetin do they we put the question with wide eyes such a supposition bordered on profanity we thought it was approaching the sin of uzziah who unwarily touched the ark of the lord 
laws yes why haven't you never heard how there was a council held to try parson morrell for laughing out in prayer meeting laughing in prayer time we both repeated with uplifted hands and eyes my grandfather's mild face became luminous with a suppressed smile which brightened as the moon does a cloud but he said nothing yes yes said my grandmother that affair did make a dreadful scandal in the time on it but parson morrell was a good man and i'm glad the council wasn't hard on him well said sam lawson after all it was more ike babbitt's fault than twas anybody's you see ike he was allers forgetting what he could out of the town and he would feed his sheep on the meeting house green somehow or other ike's fences allers contrived to give out come sunday and up would come his sheep and ike was too pious to drive em back sunday and so there they was he was talked to enough about it cause you see to have sheep and lambs obeying and a blatting all prayers and sermon time wasn't the thing remember that there old meeting house up to the north end down under blueberry hill the land sort of sloped down so as the body had to come into the meeting house stepping down instead of up fact was they said twas put there cause the land wasn't good for nothing else and the folks thought putting a meeting house on it would be a clear saving but parson morrell he didn't like it and was free to tell him his mind on it that was like bringing the lame and the blind to the lord's service but there twas there wasn't a better minister nor no one more set by in all the state than parson morrell his doctrines was right up and down good and sharp and he give saints and sinners their meat in due season and for consoling and comforting widows and orphans parson morrell hadn't his match the women sought lots by him and he was always ready to take tea round and make things pleasant and comfortable and he had a good story for every one and a word for the children and maybe an apple or a cookie in his pocket for em well you know there ain't no pleasing everybody and if gabriel himself right down out of heaven was to come and be a minister i expect there'd be a pickin at his wings and sort of fault finding now aunt jersey scran and aunt polly hokin they said parson morrell wasn't solemn enough you see there's them that thinks that a minister ought to be just like the town hearse so that you think of death judgment and eternity and nothing else when you see him round and if they see a man rosy and chipper and having a pretty nice sociable sort of time why they say he ain't spiritual minded but in my times i've seen ministers the most awakening kind in the pulpit that was the liveliest when they was out on it there is a time to laugh scripture says though some folks never seem to remember that there but sam how came you to say it was ike babbitt's fault what was it about the sheep oh well yes i'm a-coming to that there it was all about them sheep I expect they was the instrument the devil sought to work to tempt Parson Morrell to laugh in prayer time. You see, there was old Dick, Ike's bellwether, was the fightinest old critter that ever you see. Why, Dick would butt at his own shatter, and everybody said it was a shame the old critter should be left to run loose, cause he run at the children and scared the women half out their wits. 
well i used to live out in that parish in them days and lem suddock and i used to go out sparkin sunday nights to see the larkin gals and we had to go right across the lot where dick was so we used to go and stand at the fence and call and dick would see us and put down his head and run at us full chisel and come bunt again the fence and then i'd catch him by the horns and hold him while lem run and got over the fence to other side of the lot and then i'd let go and lem would holler and shake a stick at him and away he'd go full butt at lem and lem would catch his horns and hold him till i came over that was the way we managed dick but i tell you if he come sudden up behind a feller he'd give him a butt in the small of his back that would make him run on all fours one while he was a great rogue dick was well that summer i remember they had old deacon titkins for tithing man and i tell you he give it to the boys lively there wasn't no sleeping nor no playing for the deacon had eyes like a gimlet and he was quick as a cat and the youngsters had to look out for themselves it did really seem as if the deacon was like them four beasts in the revelations that was full of eyes behind and before for whichever way he was standing if you gave only a wink he was down on you and hit you a tap with his stick i know once lem suddock just wrote two words in his psalm book and passed to kesiah larkin and the deacon give him such a tap that lem grew red as a beet and vowed he'd be up with him some day for that well lordy massey folks that is so chipper and high stepping has to have their come downs and the deacon he had to have his that there sunday i remember it now just as well as if twas yesterday the parson he give us his great sermon reconciling decrees and free agency everybody said that there sermon was a masterpiece he preached it up to cambridge at commencement that year well it so happened that it was one of them bile and hot days that come in august when you can fairly hear the huckleberries a sizzling and cooking on the bushes and the locusts keeps a grating like a red-hot saw well such times decrees or no decrees the best on us will get sleepy the old meeting-house stood right down at the foot of a hill that kept off all the wind and the sun blazed away at them great west winders and there was pretty sleepy times there well the deacon he flew round a spell and woke up the children and tapped the boys on the head and kept everything straight as he could till the sermon was most through when he really got most tuckered out and he took a chair and he sat down in the door right opposite the minister and fairly got asleep himself just as the minister got up to make the last prayer well parson morell had a way of praying with his eyes open folks said it wasn't the best way but it was parson morell's way anyhow and so as he was praying he couldn't help seeing that deacon titkins was a nodding and a bobbing out toward the place where old dick was feeding with the sheep front of the meeting-house door lem and me we was sitting where we could look out and we just sees old dick stop feeding and look at the deacon the deacon had a little round head as smooth as an apple with a nice powdered wig on it and he sat there making bobs and bows and dick begun to think it was something sort of personal lem and me was just sitting where we could see the whole picture and lem was fit to split good now says he that critter'll pay the deacon off lively pretty soon 
the deacon bobbed his head a spell and old dick he shook his horns and stamped at him sort of threatening finally the deacon he gave a great bow and brought his head right down at him and old dick he sawed out full tilt and come down on him kerchunk and knocked him head over heels into the broad aisle and his wig flew one way and he t'other and dick made a lunge at it as it flew and carried it off on his horns well you may believe that broke up the meeting for one while for parson morell laughed out and all the gals and boys they stomped and roared and the old deacon he got up and began rubbing his shins cause he didn't see the joke on it you don't order laugh says he it's no laughing matter it's a solemn thing says he i might have been sent into eternity by that darn critter says he then they all roared and haw-hawed the more to see the deacon dancing round with his little shiny head so smooth a fly would trip up on it i believe my soul you'd laugh to see me in my grave says he well the truth on it was twas just one of them busting up times that nature has when there ain't nothing for it but to give in twas just like the ice breaking up in the charles river it all come at once and no woe to it sunday or no sunday sin or no sin the most on em laughed till they cried and couldn't help it but the deacon he went home feeling pretty sore about it lamb suddock he picked up his wig and handed it to him says he old dick was playing tithing man wasn't he deacon teach you to make allowance for other folks that get sleepy then miss tickins she went over to aunt jerry scrans and aunt polly hokum's and they had a pot of tea over it and agreed it was awful of parson morell to set such an example and something had to be done about it miss hokum <laughs> said she always knew that parson morell hadn't no spirituality and now it had broke out into open sin and let all the rest on him into it and miss tickins she said such a man wasn't fit to preach and miss hokum said she couldn't never hear him again and the next sunday the deacon and his wife they hitched up and driv eight miles over to parson lothrop's and took aunt polly on the back seat well the thing growed and growed till it seemed as if there weren't nothing else talked about cause aunt polly and miss tickins and jerry scran they didn't do nothing but talk about it and that sot everybody else a-talking finally it was agreed they must have a council to settle the hash so all the women they went to chopping mints and making up pumpkin pies and cranberry tarts and barling doughnuts getting ready for the ministers and delegates cause councils always eats powerful and they had quite a stir like a general training the hosses they was hitched all up and down the stalls stomping and switching their tails and all the women was talking and they had up everybody round for witnesses and finally parson morell he says brethren says he just let me tell you the story just as it happened and if you don't every one of you laugh as hard as i did why then i'll give up the parson he was a master hand at setting off a story and afore he'd done he'd got em all in such a roar they didn't know where to leave off finally they give sentence that there hadn't no temptation took him but such as is common to man but they advised him afterwards allers to pray with his eyes shut and the parson he confessed he orter a done it and meant to do better in future 
and so they settled it so boys said sam who always drew a moral you see it learns you you must take care what you look at if you want to keep from laughing in meeting end of section eleven laughing in meeting